The following is a fourth hand production. 80 podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Tack, and with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. We take the episode, we break it down, we put it in a box, we close the curtain, and then make it disappear just to freak out little children for our enjoyment. On today's episode, we take a look at Season 2, Episode 20, entitled Lights Out. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Ready Punch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and something else slips my mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazon Prime! Amazon Prime! <laughs> I love that part. All right, well, the reading's getting really good. Oh, I heard you sounding out. You're like, Brady, but I'm like, today, Junior. Yeah, I was Sorry. sounding it out. Yeah, I could tell. Phonics, hooked on phonics work for me. That's it. Ooh, some of our older. <laughs> but not sold. Some of our older audiences like are have watched this when it came out. <laughs> All right, so one thing I want to mention that we forgot to mention last week is that we recently had our a Very Brady Podcast birthday. Our first birthday is That's 12 right. months old That's today. Be- we forgot because we're getting so old. That's right. right. But three now we're a little go, baby. Well, little, three things start to go out when you get old. Your, your vision starts to go out. Your hearing starts to go out. I can you, never remember what that third one is. You shit your pants, I think. Uh, our little baby, a little precious little bundle of joy is 12 we months are. old today. We are, yeah. That means we can eat Cheerios by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. We can eat Cheerios in the high chair <laughs> while mommy watches her story. One thing you did mention, though, <laughs> before when we were talking about it, you said, but our baby still shits itself. <laughs> yeah. It's, Which yeah, is it's a, bigger shits. It's a it's, good metaphor for uh, <laughs> for the podcast. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> we do occasionally shit ourselves. Give us like two more years and, and we'll be shitting where we're supposed to, you know, <laughs> where nobody can see it. But for the next couple of years, we're going to be shitting on ourselves. That's all right. <laughs> right. Dude, we'll just clean that. <laughs> all right. Well, happy birthday to us. And, uh, Heck yeah. All right. So what this episode I want to talk about is about Cindy's fear. She has like a kind of an irrational fear. And so okay. I was wondering, maybe did you have any irrational fears or silly fears when you were younger or maybe even now? Um, when I, <laughs> before I met you, yeah, <laughs> you were fear, um, fear of being alone. No, and then I can't. Um, <laughs> before I met you, I had this dream right one night that somebody was like banging on a drum. <laughs> Have I ever told you this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you haven't told like, our listeners this though, but no, that's true. Yeah, but I've told you this or no. I don't know. I don't think so. Because this might be a story you never heard. Um, <laughs> I had this dream that that 
somebody was banging on a drum really slow, like boom, boom, hmm. boom. And it got very, very slowly, progressively faster. Yeah. And it just kind of gave me an anxiety attack in my dream. Yeah. And I woke up and I was having some kind of night terror and I was just, I was screaming, but I started off like the drums. I started off really low. And I got louder and louder until I was screaming as loud as I could. <laughs> so How I was do you like, mean? I was like, ah, and I just got louder and louder until I was like, ah, like screaming. <laughs> Freaked the hell out of my sister. Like my sister was like banging on my parents' door, mom, I dead. And she thought I was like possessed or something. But so for the longest time, I had like a weird fear of like certain tempo drum beats. Huh. I don't know. Maybe you were um, some sort of like tribal warrior in your past life <laughs> apparently yeah that or star was listening to one of Taylor's speeches or something i don't know <laughs> but other than that i have a fear of heights that i still battle that i love roller coasters yeah but i have a horrible fear of heights oh i do too and i didn't discover my fear of heights until just probably 10 years ago well i knew about mine <laughs> i knew <laughs> I about mine a long time ago well that's not true because i remember when i was a kid do you remember in middle school is when I had to do it, when you had to climb the rope in gym class. I had to climb the rope, yeah. Did you climb the rope all the way to the top? I, I got to the top because I was looking up the whole time, but I had a oh. lot of trouble coming back down. Yeah. Like See, a I, lot of trouble coming I didn't down. even go to the top because I would go about maybe a third of the way up and then freak out. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I first kind of realized maybe I have fear of height, but, but I didn't really like think about it much after that. And then mm-hmm. like... I remember. Do you remember Ballhead Fred? <laughs> Who? Ballhead Fred from oh, yeah, Kennedy yeah. Middle School. Yeah, he was Fred one Smith. of the gym yeah. teachers. Yeah, and uh, he was like testing me to, to climb to the top of the rope and come back down. And people would just shoot up there. They touch the top and shoot back down and be like, "Good blink," you know. And then it was my turn, and everybody else left because I I tried and I was like, oh, "I can't. I'm so weak," you know. And then so then he saved me for last, and everybody left. And he was like, "All right, go ahead." So I'd like shoot up and then I would just get to a point and just stop and act like I was too weak. And he was like, I don't get it. You're like shooting up there like super fast and then you just stop. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, well, I guess I'm just a wimp, you know. And then I don't know. I don't know. It would have been funny if you would be like, I'm going to get you. And you're like, start climbing faster. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, but for me, it was like, I saw everybody else shooting up fast. I'm thinking, I can do that. And my dad used to tell me how he used to climb ropes, but he used to climb ropes without using his legs. And he used to tell me all this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So when I did it, I was like, oh man, I can do this. And I start, and I, I was so preoccupied with trying to go, get up as fast because I was always a slow runner. So yeah. I thought, well, this is the one you know, playing field that might level me out. So I got to the top really fast and I went to come back down again. I looked down and I was like, Oh my God. Holy shit. And I, I had a lot of trouble coming. They're like, get down. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like really slowly coming down as slow as I can. Like it was was um, what freaks you out more when you're on heights. Is it looking down, looking up or looking straight out? Looking down. See, looking straight out is what freaks me out. (laughs) Straight out. Well, Well, I know when you look straight up, gives you a dick up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Your well, your boys are like, oh, you know. Yeah, like it depends. Like there has to be something for me to look straight across to. You know, like mm. like it can't just be like open space because that's not going to do it for me. But if I see like another part of the as high as I am, you know, okay. then that freaks me out. Like I don't know. Like you ever go to like parish hospital and you get that one area that yeah. like 
you can go out and then look over, look yep. like you're like five stories. Up. If you look straight across to like the other balconies, freaks me out. That doesn't freak, freak me out at all. But like when I go on roller coasters, I find a bolt or, or a, on, uh, a scratch or something on the seat in front of me. And that's what I focus on through the first probably half of the ride. You know what I mean? Like, for yeah. instance, Kraken. We live down here near Orlando. And so when I go on Kraken, there's like a, a two-tone to it. There's a there's like a teal and it blows like a darker blue. Mm. And that seam, you know, right in the middle of that seam is where I focus all the way up the lift, through the loop, and then down, you know. And then after that, I'm, I'm low enough to the ground where I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. But I can't, at the top of a roller coaster, I can't be like... Like looking around, I can't do that. I'll, I'll, <laughs> right, I'll freak out. Well, that's what happened I to try. me. I, I go a third of the way up and I look straight across, and I'd be like, "Nope," and freak me out. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this new one that like Jake wants me to go on is like two hundred feet high, but all you get is a lap bar. <laughs> you don't cool. get the shoulder harnesses, and the sides and drop really far down that. to the side. <laughs> oh, it's like you're sitting in a lawn chair. Like that's all about all it is. I remember going on a ride with you. This is early on in our trying to get over our fear of roller coasters, yeah. which right. you've pretty much cracked and I have not yet. But I remember you and I, we were like level playing fields and you and I went on a ride together. Yeah. <laughs> we were both was this like, the Hulk? No, no. It was something else. It was one where just a lap bar. And uh, we were both like really scared. <laughs> you kept trying to push down on to get one more click yeah. out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think You're that like, was uh, Everest, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> it's pretty like, you were scared of Everest. <laughs> I think that was a carousel of progress, right? <laughs> it was Spaceship Earth. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're trying to get that one more click. <laughs> I was like, ah, what are you doing? You're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was so funny. Well, kind of an irrational fear that I had as a kid, which came out of nowhere, is like I had a fear of flying out of nowhere, literally like in the middle of a flight, which it wasn't an issue like during during the flight. Like, it's not like it went crazy and I was like, ah, you know, it was just a normal flight, which I've flown ton, like a million times growing up, like because I used to a million to times. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> you have um, to fly like every five minutes, Dak. <laughs> because <laughs> i used to have to fly up to illinois to visit my dad in the summers every summer mm-hmm. so i've flown a lot plus my mom being military we flew like you know overseas you know stuff like that so um i was very used to flying but then one day out of nowhere i used to fly by myself you know and yes they had a pilot and all that it wasn't just me <laughs> by myself and i just had a fear out of nowhere just i was like horrified and i would like That's bury so my weird. face and I still have a little bit of a fear of flying, and I'll still book a flight if I have to, but I'm right. not a huge fan. But here's where it gets weird, too. Like, I also want to get a private pilot's license, too, which is weird, but I have this fear of flying. Well, I don't think that's weird. I think it's just, like, a fear of, like, <clears throat> not being in control, and th- this way, if I'm a pilot, then I'm in control, so. Well, I remember a long time ago, um, when I was in high school, when I was a senior, I had to fly in a Cessna. Right. And yeah. I remember having a conversation with you and I don't know how I had a conversation with you. Be- oh no, you were in Indiana at the time. You weren't in the, in the Navy yet. No. So I was talking to you about it and you yeah. had said, if they let you like take control of the airplane. Yeah. And you had cool. said like, if you, if you take control of the airplane and you just fly for a second, you said it just, it alleviates a lot of your nerves. 
Yeah. So the day came where I was supposed to, it was with a church group. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, Jimmy, you're up first. I'm like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> me and my sister Kelly. And they're like, okay, you guys jump in the back seat. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, that's cool. <laughs> and I had a death grip on that armrest. I've never gripped anything so hard in my life, right? <laughs> so then we all get down, and I'm so relieved to be on the ground again. And everybody went, and they're like, hey, guys. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> it turns out we have two extra tickets. So we're going to put everybody's name on a piece of paper. I'm like, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Okay. We're going to put everybody's name on a piece of paper. We're going to draw two names out, and that's who gets the flag. And I'm like, great. This is awesome. Cool. <laughs> so, of course, it was me and my sister Kelly that got the flag. In. <laughs> so, God, I hated every second. Did of you it. get to oh. pilot it or no? No, never got to. Oh, it is very cool, though. And Mom had a boyfriend that was a pilot, and he used, I used to go up with him every once in a while, and he let me fly, and it was so cool. If you're afraid of planes, do not fly an Cessna. Holy shit. <laughs> it's a different kind of flying. It's actually a little safer than like a 747 or whatever, because um, those things can fly yeah. without an engine. So they right. glide, whereas like a 747 will drop like a rock if there's no power. Um which I know from personal experience because I was in a Cessna when <laughs> there was a complete oh, power failure. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. Well, my mom was very good. It was my mom, her boyfriend were in the front seat, and then me and my sister were in the back seat. And we were flying from, I forget where, it wasn't too long, but it was like a couple hours or something, or somewhere around North Carolina area. And, uh, so it was kind of mountains a little bit where we were. And then the engine just like gave out, just died. <laughs> and, <laughs> the engine's and like, then, yeah, fuck this, I quit. <laughs> my sister were just like, what's going on? And my mom was very good at like keeping us calm. She was like, oh, this, it, he's just doing some test stuff. Everything's fine. And she's like, oh, was that a lake over there? She's like trying to distract us and trying to get us to just like, let's play cards, you know? <laughs> let's play a game so you can keep our eyes closed the longest. <laughs> <laughs> let's see you can keep from screaming huh yeah let's play a game called block out the world you close your eyes and you cover your ears <laughs> and put your head between your knees it'll be fun there you go and then uh, and so um he's like on the radio like trying to like you know mayday mayday kind of a thing and because we're out in the middle of nowhere in the mountains and just kind of gliding and then finally they get a he gets a response on the radio going, Hey, you know, where are you at? And we're like, and he's like, Hey, we're over here. And they're like, well, about this far away, there's a little air park here. And, uh, and so he found it and then we came down and hit the runway about halfway and then bounced and then came back <laughs> down and then like smashed at a fence at the end of the runway. <laughs> and, and it was kind of, this is like some superhero shit here. So like, <laughs> as soon as we landed the the pilot mom's boyfriend she goes he goes um everybody out like screams like everybody out and so my mom like helps my sister get out of her seatbelt she jumps out and then i'm having trouble with mine i'm like <laughs> and i swear to god this guy reaches back and literally rips the seatbelt out of the freaking wall <laughs> i was like oh my god and then he goes, go that way and run. So we just like, me and my sister just running. And then we stop and then we look <laughs> then back. And panic sets in. You're like, ah! <laughs> and all of a sudden you start crying and running really fast. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like in the movie Stand By Me when they're running from the train. <laughs> movie runs. You don't even know what you're running from. Yeah. And then we stop and we look back and my mom and her boyfriend aren't running. They're like slowly just getting out of the plane. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, so he's like, he looks at your mom and he's like, I love doing that. <laughs> just tell them to run like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just builds excitement now they got a story to tell on a podcast when they're adults <laughs> well, I was like what's a podcast oh yeah you don't know about that yet <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, what was kind of cool is uh, <laughs> there was people there at this air park and they came out obviously and um, assisted and everything and they're like man you guys are super lucky and we're like why like because this is like nobody's been to this air park in months. This is the first day we've been back here and it just happens wow. to be this day that you guys needed help. <laughs> so normally you wouldn't have gotten a hold of anybody. Hmm. So that was kind of, that's my one story, but that, I don't think that's why I have a fear of flying. It's not from that. I don't think, I don't know. Cause I've flown a few times since then. And then I developed my fear later. I don't know. My kids have never flown. So I don't know. I was, uh, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like 10 maybe. So, I had to fly for work about about oh, a year recently. ago. It was that was horrible. a year ago. Was, I think so. It was in like no. September. Wasn't that training for your new job? Oh no, no. It, it was like March or April. Oh so, no, yeah. wait. I don't know. Anyway, but it was terrifying. It was horrible. <laughs> it's really cool. It's very cool thing. Like I'm obsessed with planes. I love watching planes, especially takeoff and landings and all that. It's so cool. I love it, but. I wish I enjoyed it more. I'd probably do more, but especially now. Okay, so that concludes our podcast about planes. (laughs) (laughs) Finally get my plane cast. All right. (laughs) Yeah, all right. We dragged on way too long. All right, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to get into this episode of the Brady Bunch. And this is uh, an interesting one. So, yes, we'll be back. Yes. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the waste vessel, the Black Swirl. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new stories, to seek out new laughs and new absurdity, to boldly go where no sci-fi podcast has gone before. Welcome to Close Encounters of the Slurred Kind. are all back all right so we got the brady bunch season two episode 20 entitled lights out let's get into this jimmy first aired on february 19th 1971 written by bruce howard and directed by our good old buddy oscar rudolph all right facts about the episode which jimmy found which imdb didn't have shit on it but he found that the shop owner in this episode was played by somebody named Snag Waris, which I 
I could definitely tell that he was somebody. I yeah, didn't right. really bother to look him up, but I could tell he was somebody for sure. Um, and he wrote for Ed Wynn, Jackie Gleason, and Red Skelton. And he was also a writer for All in the Family. And was How also the that. magic technical director for Jerry Lewis in the movie Geisha Boy. So that's so he was somebody like you could. I I thought for sure that that he would have been in vaudeville or something like that because this yeah, is yeah. only you know forty years removed from vaudeville. So if he was if he was born in nineteen ten, um, mm-hmm. which he is uh, or he was rather, then in vaudeville he would have been like you know early twenties, teenager, something like that for sure. Wouldn't he have been out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. yeah. So he was part of the Magic Castle as well, which is if you're into magic, oh. it's a pretty big deal. L.A. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the board of uh, board of directors. Isn't uh, what's his head? No, Patrick Harris like part of that. Yeah, he was the president for a while. Yeah. All right, all right. So let's get into. It. You ready? I am ready. We fade in. We open up late at night in the Brady House. We see Marcia and Jan fast asleep, but Cindy is wide awake, lying in bed. Cindy gets up and turns on the bedroom light, which wakes up Marcia. Marcia asks why it's on. Cindy says, I can't sleep with the lights off. Marcia gets out of bed and turns the lights back off. Cindy immediately gets up and turns it back on. This wakes <laughs> Jan up. Now Jan gets up and turns it back off. Cindy turns it right back on again and says, if you go to sleep, you won't see them on. Marcia adds, what? I said, ooh, dang. Oh, dang. Marsha adds, if you go to sleep, you won't see him off. Jan and Cindy go head to head for a battle of lights from on to off to off to on to back on again. And this time, Mike hears the commotion and comes in. He asks why they're all up. Marsha tells him that Cindy can't sleep with the lights off. Mike looks at Cindy and says, well, that's not like you. What do you want the lights on for? Cindy says, I just do. I'm scared. Mike asks what she's scared of. Cindy says, I better not tell you. It'll get me too scared. I like, uh, when she says that the music is like, the music is kind of like the music they play on, on a very special episode of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a big, like, you know, heavy thing that she just said. Um, <laughs> did you notice how horrible the lighting was on Marsha? I didn't, but I know what shot you're talking about. I remember it was the shot. awful. It's almost like somebody was just shining a flashlight on her. It was terrible. <laughs> wow, but it was weird. from a direction that, like, from the direction of Cindy's bed. Like it wasn't like it was the lamp next to her. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Um. And how can I'm, I'm a bit confused? I'm trying to put myself in Cindy's shoes. How yeah. could you be afraid if you're sleeping with two other people in the same room? Right. That comes. Because I remember came thinking up to that my mind later too. Well, I remember thinking as a kid, like I every kid got scared when they were little. And my mom used to be like, well, I'm not afraid. Well, of course not. You got like a grown ass man in your room. Of course you ain't afraid. (laughs) Are you kidding? Let's see you sleep by yourself. But yeah, anyways. (laughs) You got a grown ass man. Yeah, a grown ass man laying next to you. Of course you're not afraid. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I thought of that too, especially later where she tries to sleep with Mike and Carol and like, I don't want to sleep alone. Like, you you have two girls in the room with yeah. you. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> Scene two. The next night, we see Cindy in Mike and Carol's room pleading with him. Cindy says, please, can I sleep with you tonight? 
Mm-hmm. Carol asks what she's so afraid of. Cindy asks, if I tell you, can I sleep with you tonight? Mike tells her no. <laughs> and she has her own room. Cindy mm. continues to plead with him. Mike and Carol look at each other and sigh. Carol firmly says, all right, but just this once. Cindy mm. thanks them and crawls into bed with them and snuggles between them. And she got a big ass grin on her face, too, because she knows she won. <laughs> since they allowed her to sleep with him mike asks listen what are you so afraid of cindy finally says it was a magician at jeremy's birthday party he put a lady in a big box and made her disappear carol laughs at the little girl and says oh honey the lady didn't really disappear she's part of a trick (laughs) mike agrees and says sure First she disappears, then you see her again. Cindy says, but it didn't, but I didn't see her again. Carol says, but you had to, that's part of the trick. Cindy confesses and says, when she disappeared, I ran out. Mm. Mike laughs. Cindy, Cindy does a big yawn and says, but I feel much safer now. Mm. She closes her eyes. Carol whispers to Mike, I think she's going to be all right now. Good night, sweetheart. She leans over and kisses Mike goodnight. Hmm. Carol leans over, turns off the lamp, and gets all nestled into, into bed to sleep. Just then, Cindy shoots up and says, It's dark again. Please turn on the light. Carol and Mike get up. Mike yep. tells her <clears throat> that there is nothing to be afraid of. Cindy says, But that's when I think about the lady. Carol says, Oh, honey, that's just your imagination. Now lie down. Close your eyes. That's it. Now I want you to think of something real pleasant. Cindy lays there with her eyes closed and smiling. Carol continues. That's my girl. I bet you're not thinking of that lady now, are you? Really? Why would you say that? That is such a bitch thing to do to a child. I bet you're not thinking of that monster with the sharp teeth now, are you? Yeah, right? I bet you're not thinking of that monster in your clothes anymore, are you? God, what a dick. (laughs) Cindy shakes her head Carol whispers goodnight to her and she gently rolls over and turns off the light she snuggles into bed and then Cindy shoots up and says I'm thinking again Mike and Carol just sigh with exhaustion oh my god that kid would drive me insane Yeah, (laughs) I was getting so frustrated during that scene I was like oh my god are you fucking kidding me I was was like holy shit go sleep on the couch Especially just when she asks, sleep on the couch thinking, with all the lights on, whatever. Just go. <laughs> but you're not thinking of that lady now, are you? When she said that, I was like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so guess what? You're going to camp in the family room tonight. Huh, this is the first time I've ever seen Carol act like a mom. You know, where she was mm-hmm. like, that's it, my sweetie. Oh, honey, there you go. Uh, like, you never see her act if like we that. Were, if we were ever going to hear Carol and Mike curse, it would be the scene. <laughs> Definitely Mike. Michael, yeah. Get your ass back in your room now. <laughs> That'd have been awesome. <laughs> All right, I got a big one here. Here we go. I'm gonna take a deep breath for scene three. <clears throat> scene three. The next day we see Mike coming home from work through the front door. Mike is greeted by Alice. Alice asks, Hi, Mr. Brady. How come you're home so soon? Mike laughs and says, I couldn't keep my eyes open at the office. I was up half the night with Cindy. Alice heads to the kitchen and offers some coffee for him, thinking that might help. 
<laughs> She's like, I got some coffee from this morning. <laughs> she did say Why that. the hell do you still have that? Why isn't that poured in the sink by now? Like, oh, what cool, have you been great doing all cold day? coffee. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, did you notice his suit? His suit actually looked pretty good. I didn't notice it. Like, no. even by modern standards, it looked pretty nice. It was <laughs> like a black it. pinstripe suit. That's cool. <clears throat> Scene four. Alice and Mike enter the kitchen, and Mike grabs an apple. Just then, Peter walks in from school. Peter says, hey, guess what? Mike asks what? Peter goes on, our school is putting on an old-time vaudeville show, and I signed up for it. Mike, while twisting off the apple stem, throws it into the sink and says, hey, terrific. Peter goes on to say, of course, I have to try out first. Okay, well, I don't know if you noticed, but but after that, Mike takes the apple and like shines it on his on his shirt. Yeah. Why? Why do people do that? I could make it look more appealing, maybe, because it's got that. Well, wax you've already on picked it, it up. Like nobody's gonna eat it now because your grubby ass hands are. I mean, you already ripped off the apple stem. You have to eat it now. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It's just like how people like tap on top of can lids before the. It's like there's no purpose for it. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. Yeah. Alice asks what act he's going to do. Peter says, a magic act, like that guy did at Jeremy's party. That was neat. Mike hums and says, I don't know about that. Maybe we've had enough magic around here lately. Peter argues and says, but dad, I've got to have an act. Alice agrees and says, sure, what's a vaudeville performer without an act? Mike thinks about it for a second and says, hey, you know, a magic act might not be so bad. The more Cindy sees how tricks are done, the less she'll be afraid. Alice agrees, and Mike walks out. Hmm. Peter gets excited and says, boy, wait till I tell everybody. And he starts to run off, but Greg and Bobby over here and ask what he wants to tell everybody. Peter says that he's going to try out to do a magic act in the vaudeville show. Bobby says, Nino. And Greg says that he knows a few tricks that he can show Peter. Alice says... She can sew him a fancy cape for his act. Peter smiles. Bobby chimes in and says, I can help too. Peter asks how. Bobby says, I can tell you if your trick stinks. They all laugh. <laughs> oh, man, Bobby. That's a perfect job for you. <laughs> so these kids just came home from school and they're each only carrying one school book? I don't know. Maybe that's all they needed to bring home. But they, okay. All right. That doesn't make sense to me, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. Why are they coming home from school at the same time? One's in elementary, the other one's in high school. Well, I mean, plus, like, he's in high school and only has one school book. That doesn't seem right to me, but... I don't know. Yeah. All right, scene five. Uh, next, we see Mike and Peter at the local toy store. The clerk asks Mike what kind of tricks he wants to do. Mike says, oh, it's not for me, it's for my son. Peter proudly says, I'm going to do a magic act in a vaudeville show. The clerk says, good for you, kid. You know, vaudeville ain't dead. It ain't feeling too good, but it ain't dead. Mike laughs and tells the man they'd like to see some easy tricks. Nothing too difficult. The man pulls out the Chinese linking rings. He hands them to Peter and says, try to take them apart. Any child can do it. Peter takes them and says, I can't do it. The man asks, how old are you, kid? Peter says he's 12. The man says, well, no wonder. You gotta be six. The man takes the rings and says, I say the magic words, abracadabra, and slowly the rings separate. Mike and Peter are amazed. Mike says, 
That's very good. The man says, good, sensational. You ain't seen nothing yet. The man reaches down and grabs another trick with a glass wine bottle. He continues, now here's a trick that the kid can do and stop the show with it. He leans into Peter and says, that's a little showbiz talk. The man then demonstrates a trick with a wine bottle and two tubes, making the bottle disappear from one to the other. Peter says, wow, that's out of sight. Which I didn't get, it was right in front of him. <laughs> Mike laughs and says, I think he made a sale. We'll take both those tricks. The man says, Alrighty, how about something spectacular like the disappearing cabinet? Mike says, I think it might make too much of my money disappear. <laughs> I the love man, how amused that the, the store owner is at that joke. <laughs> yeah. man, You're funny. Like, calm down there, buddy. <laughs> the man laughs and says, That's funny. That's very funny. You're a riot. <laughs> <laughs> The man then tells him that they can also just buy the book that has the blueprints for them to build their own disappearing cabinet. Peter gets super excited. Mike agrees to buy the book too. But wait, there's more, Jimmy. The man then says, of course, every magician needs this. He holds up a magic wand, which also pops out flowers. Mike sighs and laughs. Because you give flowers to a little boy. That makes total sense. But did you notice how gnarly homeboy's teeth were? No. He had some gnarly teeth, like brown spots on him and shit. Like, why would they they cast him? I mean, I know this guy probably carried some weight because, you know, he had done so many things. But why would you? (laughs) Anyways. um, (laughs) But also, like, I know the tricks were easy and I know all the tricks were done. But he was just so smooth at it. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like you see Peter do it and it's like, uh, he kind of sucks. But when you see this guy do <laughs> it, it's like, wow. You know what I mean? Like it's such an easy trick, but he pulls it off, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was impressed. I mean, I was impressed at his showmanship. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why you could tell that he was somebody. I knew he had to have been somebody. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, just the way he talked is like, yeah. you know, vaudeville ain't dead. You know, and I was like, well, he's pushing vaudeville, so he's probably on vaudeville, but. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> scene six. Later, we see Peter doing a magic trick for Mike, Carol, Alice, and Cindy in the living room. He's showing off the disappearing bottle trick and asks Cindy to lift the container. Cindy is a little hesitant, but gets up and does it. As she lifts the container, the bottle has disappeared. Oh. And she asks, Wow, did I do that? Peter says, no, I did. <laughs> That's so awesome. And tells the audience that they that they can applaud if they want. They all clap, <laughs> and Alistair remarks how good it was. Peter says, not good, sensational. You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh-oh. Mike looks over at Alice and says, without any emotion, that's showbiz talk. <laughs> Cindy now asks if she can help Peter with another trick. Carol lights up and says, hey, you know what? She'd make a really cute assistant for you. Mike and Alice both agree. Peter thinks it's a good idea and asks if ask her if she wants to be his assistant. Cindy agrees and then asks, will you show me how this trick works? Peter starts to tell her, but then stops and realizes everyone in the living room is listening. Then mm. he leans down and whispers it to Cindy. Alice asks, hey, how about us? Cindy says, sorry. It's a secret for only us magicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Cindy's hands were a little small for that trick. I'm, I'm, I wish they yeah. would. I kind of wish they would have picked another trick for her to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can see her kind of stretching to kind of do it a little bit, but yeah. Um, I mean, she did it obviously, but but then in the same sentence to be like, "Did I do that?" Well, I mean, you just had to contort your hand to do it. You don't know if you did it. Like, <laughs> I know. I don't know. It, it would have been better with another trick. But. You can't. You could not have an a person not knowing the trick to be able to pull that off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Scene a seven. Next, Peter and Cindy are now demonstrating their magic for Marcia and Jan in their bedroom. He says, and now. I'd like to show you my disappearing banana trick. No shit, he actually says that line. Yes, he does. He then he then tells Marcia to lie down on the bed. Oh, sorry. Wait, that's a different trick. <laughs> that's awesome. I I was expecting Marcia to go. Oh no no no! I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's that trick Greg does. <laughs> All the boys at school show me this trick. <laughs> Jen's like, oh, can I see how the trick's done? <laughs> no. Peter, Peter's like, no, no. <laughs> Jen's like, this girl at school showed me this trick. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> All right. No, seriously. So he says, I'd like to show you my disappearing banana trick. Peter continues. He opens a box in front of him and asks for the assistant, Cindy, to hand him a banana. Peter places the banana inside the box and then says the magic words and flips the box open and is completely empty. Jan and Marsha are quite impressed and they clap. Peter says, you ain't seen nothing yet. Peter then continues to do a handkerchief trick. And makes them disappear. And Cindy makes them reappear again. The girls both clap with amazement. Wow. Yeah. And it's funny because I imagine that he always does has handkerchiefs when he does this uh, disappearing banana trick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was messed up. No, it's, uh, it's right on par for the show. You're good. <laughs> 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 disappearing banana trick I lost it when I heard that line I was like no fucking yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> okay scene 8 later Peter and Cindy go downstairs into the family room where Alice and Carol are doing a bit of sewing Peter asks are they done yet mom Carol says they are just in time she holds up a cape that says Peter the Great on the back Peter loves it Alice then holds up the cape for Cindy, which is just a black and red cape, and asks how she likes it. Hmm. Cindy looks a bit disappointed and says, isn't there something missing? Hmm. Carol realizes the problem and points it out to Alice. It immediately cuts a while later. Alice and Carol are ready to show Cindy again. Alice says, all right, is this better? Carol and Alice hold up the cape. Peter still, Peters still says, Peter the Great. And Cindy's now says, and Cindy. Cindy smiles, nods, and says, much better. They all laugh. It would have been funny <laughs> if Cindy said Cindy too. It would have just been cool. Um, <laughs> um, it just hit me in this scene that, like, Alice's facial expressions are so much better than, like, the rest of the cast. 
with the exception of Bobby, because Bobby makes some really weird faces sometimes, just when he <laughs> thinks nobody's looking at him. But Alice is like a professional, like she's like the female Jim Carrey. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I don't know. I never noticed, but I will pay attention now. Yeah. <laughs> Scene nine. Later, we see Peter in his room with Bobby as he's trying on the cape. He asked Bobby if he should get a mustache, you know, to look more mysterious. Mm. Just then Greg comes in with a top hat and says he got it for Peter from a friend. Peter gets excited and puts it on. Only it's a little too big. Greg says, it really is a magician's hat. It make your whole head disappear. They all giggle and Bobby puts it on to see how big it is. Greg says, it almost makes your whole body disappear. They continue to giggle. <laughs> So, what's it like to have a hat too big for you? <laughs> I know. You don't I don't know. know. I, I've never had that problem. Oh. It sucks. Yeah. Scene 10. Next, we cut to Peter standing in front of the, ma- of the magic cabinet they just built on the carport. Peter is pleading with Cindy and says, But Cindy, you got to get into the cabinet so I can make you disappear. Cindy says that she doesn't want to. Jan is sitting with them, and she ensures Cindy that there isn't anything to be afraid of. Cindy says that she's not afraid. <laughs> what? Sorry. I'm just thinking of something. One of the comments I wrote is just because, like, why is Cindy being such a butthole about this? Like, like, bitch, you could get in. You're right there. Sorry. Anyways. Well, it's not just that. It's not like get in so I can make you disappear. It's get in so you can sneak out the back for a second and then you come back in. Like you're not disappearing. She knows the trick. Like, yeah. Cindy says that she doesn't want to. Jan is sitting with them and she ensures Cindy that there isn't anything to be afraid of. Cindy says that she's not afraid. Jan says she's afraid. All right. Peter gets annoyed and says, but there's nothing to it. And then he calls for Bobby, who's swinging on the swings. Bobby's upside down. Imagine that. He jumps off. He jumps off and runs over to them. Peter asks Bobby if he'll get into the disappearing cabinet to show Cindy, because apparently Jan won't do it. There isn't anything to be afraid of. Bobby agrees and steps inside. Peter then says, now you see him. Then he closes the curtain. He continues. I say the magic words abracadabra disappear peter then opens the curtain and bobby isn't inside peter exclaims and he's gone cindy starts to panic and says bring him back peter please bring him back peter (laughs) says okay okay he then closes the curtain again and continues i say the magic words abracadabra return from beyond peter then opens the curtain only bobby isn't there what he's not there tech Cindy asks where he is. Peter says, uh, Bobby, did you hear me? Cindy starts to cry and says, you made him disappear just like that lady. And he's never coming back. I want to be a dinosaur. (laughs) And then Cindy runs off crying and yelling for Carol. She's, (laughs) she's like, Carol, Carol. (laughs) Jan puts, (laughs) Jan puts up and I'm sorry. Jan gets up and says to Peter, now look what you've done. Cindy's more scared than ever. Peter sighs and looks around the carport, calling for Bobby. <laughs> First of all, why is Bobby being such a dick? I know. Like he, everybody at this point dick. knows that she's afraid of disappearing. Right. Like, that was what, such a dick thing to do. 
Right. And what I don't understand too is why are they, why is she getting mad at like Peter for it? Like you made <laughs> right, him right. disappear and then you made it <laughs> where he doesn't come back. Like I didn't do shit. Like Bobby took off apparently. Well, like that's what was irritating me. Like why is she pointing the finger? Like she could have gotten in. She could have very easily said, let me show you real quick, Cindy. And she could have jumped in, but he had to call Bobby, get him up, upside down off the swings. Like, you know, I don't know why the hell the boy likes to hang upside down, but he had to stop that, you know, past time so he can come over here because Jan won't fucking do it. And then Jan wants to point the finger. Look what you did. Well, bitch, if you would have gotten in the box. Sorry. Just irritating. All right. So this is where we take our next break. So Cindy is now freaked out more than ever. About disappearing people. <laughs> yeah, right. Peter has made Bobby disappear. And where did, where did he go, Jimmy? Where did he go? I don't know. To the great oh, beyond. Yeah. To oh, the yeah, that's beyond. right. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Oh, when we come back. Yes. Insulting people. These are potential listeners. Yeah, I'm so sure. Happy horror coffee break, old time horror radio show. We take the best and worst <laughs> creepy pasta stories online, and our finest of quality reenactors perform them for you in the style of old timey horror radio dramas. Everyone knows it's just you disguising your voice poorly. No, it's not. Besides, we have an abundance of great guests. There's music and t-shirts. And a bunch of dick and fart jokes. You're not wrong. <laughs> Catch us on all the major podcasts, thingamawoppers. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard Knockers, and the rest. Idiot. Tune in every other Friday. There's a new episode. Or just stick your head in an oven. Same difference. Aries. <laughs> we need to have a little chat. <laughs> Toodles! The fourth hand joint. And we are back. That was a good break. That was good. That break. was very restful. Do you feel recharged? I do. <laughs> Did you change I batteries? Do. I feel like I have like 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 a new battery, so to speak. <laughs> so coming back from this, so earlier we talked about our irrational fears. Yes. What about your kids? Any of your kids have any irrational fears? Um, when Caitlin was little, it's not really very rational, but when she was little or smaller, younger, whatever you want to call it, um, she had a horrible fear of Chucky from, um, whatever horror movie that is. Child's um, play. How would she even know? Child's about play. That? <clears throat> What's that? How would she even know about that? Well, because you know, around Halloween time, FYE in the mall, they like to have a bunch oh, of Halloween gotcha. stuff and she, <laughs> I mean, a normal fear would be walking by it. Ooh, huh, I don't like that. You know, or even, can we go on the right. next aisle? This girl would scream bloody murder 
walking <laughs> by the store in the main aisle way of the mall. <laughs> like, ah, ah, like panicking. Everybody's looking at us like, what the hell is wrong with your child? Because there was a Chucky doll in wing. the store that she could barely see. So she had that. Wow. <laughs> Jake didn't really, Jake was always logical. He didn't really have any fears. Um, yeah, Luke doesn't really have any fears either. Um, no, I take that back. When Jake was little, he had a horrible fear of vacuum cleaners. That's ironic. Exactly. Yeah. Your um, oldest <laughs> child has an obsession with vacuum exactly, cleaners. Yeah. Or used um, to. No. And then um, Luke had a fear of the inflatable stuff at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Well, you're lucky because my son has a fear of, he's 13, he'll be 14 in March. Right. And he has a fear of pretty much everything. Really? So Name that vent behind you he's afraid of? The what? The air vent behind you he's afraid of? Oh. <laughs> and his fears are getting worse. Worse? Really? Like, I can't even get him to take the trash out by himself because he's afraid of bugs outside. He's afraid of, like, I'm telling you, if there's a fly that comes near him, he's <laughs> if I was his age and I didn't want to take out the garbage, I'd be using that excuse too. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I like, no, too, I but... swear. He's afraid. <laughs> he's afraid to take out the garbage. He's afraid to vacuum. He's even afraid to make his own bed. Like really tight. Really. He's afraid of showers. He's afraid of water coming down from above. <laughs> I asked him to mow. He's afraid of that too. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, I can't get the kid to mow. I tried to do that when we were in Virginia. He's afraid to get out and pump gas in the car. It's the weirdest thing. (laughs) I haven't done that with him yet. I do need to teach him how to do that. Um, (laughs) He's he's afraid to not have junk food in the house. (laughs) 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 But dad, I'm going to freak out if I have little Debbie's. (laughs) No. (laughs) But but there is like other things too, you know, like uh, he already has a fear of planes which he's never been on one he's never um, been he on one he's afraid of them yep okay. he's never been on a boat but is will never get on one he's <laughs> never he's he's afraid of a lot of natural disasters and wants to try to find the perfect place to live where there isn't any or not that common I don't think that exists well we we did some google searching trying to find the safest place in america to live where there hurricanes weren't a big deal earthquakes weren't a big deal tornadoes weren't a big deal and I can't remember what it was now, but there's one area in the country where all of it's pretty rare. I mean, you still can get, you know, tornadoes or whatever, but it's right. just not very common. Um, I don't remember where it was now. Um, I think it might have been something like Ohio or something. I don't know. I don't Is he remember, afraid of fun? Because that's probably not there either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're it's part of our... Uh, um, we're we're trying to learn to deal with it and kind of get him through it still. So, well, does he have does he have any desire problem. to get over these fears? I think so. Um, he would like to. I mean, has he expressed any desire to get over his fear? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we've he he's aware that they're irrational fears. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like <clears throat> my oldest son is. I think he's five months older than Luke or than than ran into the day. Um. Um, he has, uh, he's a really, really, really picky eater, like pickier than I was. I don't know if you remember how picky I was when I was younger, but Jake's worse than me by a long shot. Hmm. And so I, I kind of told him in a conversation one day, I was trying to use logic on him cause he's extremely logical. 
And I told him, I was like, you know, you should learn how to cook. And he said, why? And I was like, because when I was picky, nobody made it better than me because I know exactly how I like it and I know how not to prepare it. Hmm. And he, he has, since he started baking, he started cooking, he started, you know, he prepares a lot of his own meals and it's, he just tells us what he needs and he makes it himself. So I don't know if you yeah. can use some kind of tactic like that on him. I don't know. Well, I have been trying to teach him to cook. I've been trying to do it for a while, but it's really, I get frustrated because once the water starts boiling, he's afraid of it. And he tries to like be as far away as possible. And like, I'm like, no, so you have to grip the pan and get your hand on the handle and then stir it with your other hand. Right. But he was too scared. He was like trying to stay as far away as he could and then trying to get something in and out of the oven. He's, he's done a few times, but it's a battle. And it's like, something that has to come out of the oven now. It has to come out of the oven now. Let's go. So, let's go. I mean, just him opening the oven is like a big deal. Cause he's so afraid. here's a thought. Um, if his friends came over, would do you think yeah. he would demonstrate the same amount of fear? Or do you think he know. would try to man up for his friends? I don't know. That's a good question. So, no I mean, idea. that might be an option. You know, go to the park and invite his friends or something like that just to see if he still demonstrates yeah. that same level of fear. You know? True. Or his friends come over and be like, hey, why don't you guys come out and help me cook or whatever. You, or do you guys want to cook lunch or whatever? And his friend is doing it. Maybe he'll see that it's not. I mean, not that he's so young that he's like, I'm a big boy too. I mean, I'm not saying that. but <laughs> No, I get it. He might have some Makes kind sense. of security somehow because his friend's doing it. You know? Right. Hmm. I don't know. Look into that. Hmm. All right. So let's continue on, shall we? Okay. We shall. All right. So when we left off, Cindy had a fear of disappearing people and couldn't sleep at night with the lights off. So Peter has asked her to join him in a magic act to help her get over the fear. It seemed to be working beautifully until Peter made Bobby disappear. Mm. Where has he gone? Cindy is freaking out. Freaking the fuck out. Dang. Right. Scene 11. Next, we see Mike coming home in the back driveway from playing golf. Jan comes running out to meet him and tells him she really needs to talk to him. Jan tells him, Cindy is all upset again. She's up in the room and mom is with her. Mike asks what happened. Jan says, Bobby disappeared. Mike in shock asks, disappeared? Jan goes on to explain what happened with Peter and the cabinet. She says, I guess Bobby is playing some kind of a joke. Mike asks, oh, well, not a very funny joke. I'll have to have a talk with the young man. Jen goes on to explain how they can't find him anywhere. Just then, Marsha and Peter show up in the backyard, and we hear Peter explaining to Marsha what happened with Bobby in the cabinet. Mike sees them and calls them over and asks what happened. Peter says he has no idea where he went. Just then, Bobby pops out of the cabinet and says, Here I am! Mike walks over to him and gets stern with him and says, You want to give us a little explanation? Bobby explains that when he went out the secret door in the back, he snuck into the garage as a joke. Peter exclaims, dumb joke. Mike says, you may have fooled us, but you scared Cindy. Bobby says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, honest. Mike gets firm with him and says, well, I think Cindy would like to hear you apologize. Now move. And forcibly moves him. Hmm. Three things that... <clears throat> You know, because you hear yeah. Robert Reed is a, a, is a little finicky with some of these scenes, or he was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he would argue about certain things. So there's, there was, 
two things particularly that bothered me. First of all, what the fuck hat was he wearing? What is that's like a Civil War hat? Why the hell is he wearing that hat? <laughs> that is such a stupid hat to be wearing going golfing. He should be wearing like the the snap in the front bill. Anyways, um, I got you. The first thing is. Mike says he spent all morning in sand traps, which if he's an avid golfer, he wouldn't say yeah. that. He would say he spent all morning in bunkers. Sand traps don't, <laughs> that's not really a term golfers use. Um, all right. And also, um, why is he wearing a sweater <laughs> if he's outside in LA playing golf? Why the hell would he have a sweater on? Um, sunburn? Maybe it's the winter? I don't know. Uh, sounds to me like the costume people need to try harder. <laughs> Are they trying to make him look more? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Scene 12. <clears throat> Moments later, Bobby walks into the girl's bedroom and says, Hey, Cindy, it's me, Bobby. You know, because, you know, Cindy can't recognize voices or faces. <laughs> I didn't understand what that line was for. <laughs> I'm I sorry. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry I scared you. Cindy sees her big brother and lights up. And hugs him and says, Bobby, I thought you really disappeared. Bobby says, well, I didn't. You can let me go now. Cindy, still smiling, says that she's glad to have him back and gives him a kiss on the cheek. Bobby says, what'd you have to go and do that for? And wipes it off. Bobby leaves and Mike smacks him on the ass with his cap. But actually, he didn't. Jimmy, he, yeah. actually, he actually missed and he slapped him oh. on the lower back. So well, he attempted. Which I guess, I mean, you could argue that your ass is located <laughs> on your lower back. Um, but, but that's true, yeah. So I think that, that brings the total to what, like six or seven? Something like that. Carol puts her arm on Cindy's shoulder and says, Now do you understand that there wasn't anything to be afraid of? Cindy says, Uh-huh. But I don't want to be Peter's ma- magic assistant anymore. Mike says, Hey, he's counting on you for trying out tomorrow afternoon. Cindy tells him, Jan knows what to do. She can take my place. Carol ensures her that there's nothing to be afraid of. Cindy says, I'm not afraid. If it's okay, I think I'll sleep with the light on again tonight. Mike and Carol look at each other and just sigh. Um, Did you yeah. notice Carol and Cindy's tops? <laughs> the, the shirts they have on? They, they look like the pattern yeah. that an ugly tie would be made out of. <laughs> no, I didn't like notice. the typical tie you'd see. And I'm, this isn't me bad mouthing any particular group of people, but the type of sh- tie you'd see, like being worn, like in a church, like by somebody that doesn't wear ties to work every day, like that's the kind of material that their shirts are made out of. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it sounds like you know. Like church clothes that people wear in church clothes. Yeah, church clothes that were like a like a I don't know like a blue a light blue <laughs> button up shirt, and then they wear this tie that kind of looks like silk, but it's got these you know bold colors with ugly patterns on it. That's what their shirts are made of. Scene thirteen. Later, we see Jane rehearsing as Peter's assistant with Peter and performing the living room for the family, except Cindy. They perform a couple of tricks for the family without a hitch, and the family enjoys and claps after every trick. Mm. Just then, Cindy comes down in PJs and a robe and says, Good night, everybody. I'm going to retire in the <laughs> East Manor. No. She, she says, Good night, everybody. I'm going to sleep now. Carol looks at Mike for approval to speak, 
and says, Cindy, honey, don't you want to stay up and watch Peter rehearse for his big tryout tomorrow? Mike adds that Peter is really good. Cindy coldly says, no thanks. Now with that bitch doing it. No, she doesn't. <laughs> and walks off up the stairs. Kara looks at Mike and says, wow, that magic really has her bugged. So she was so hmm. exhausted that she walked all the way downstairs <laughs> <laughs> to tell them that she's going to bed. Just have to climb all the way back upstairs again. Well, it's all about the pageantry, and she wanted to bring the drama. She, she like, must have been exhausted. I'm going to bed now. Not to interrupt the show. <laughs> but I'm I sorry, were you performing? going to bed. <laughs> exactly. Also, like, and I don't, I don't mean to beat off a dead horse, but... Um, did you notice Carol's outfit? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> it's almost camouflage. I kind of got lazy with the outfit noticing lately. <laughs> it's kind of camouflage to the chair. Like it's, it's comprised of the same colors as the chair. Like it almost looks like just a, just a head with like an ugly haircut floating above the chair. Oh, Carol disappeared. That's what Ooh. it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 14. Now it's tryout day tech. Oh, all right. We're at the school and we are treated to a young boy setting up for his tryout audition. He pulls mm-hmm. out an accordion. Sorry. He pulls an accordion out of a large heavy suitcase. He puts it on and the judges tell him to start playing. And he does. It's like he magic. Does. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, we see Peter and Mike. Peter's getting ready to go on next after accordion boy. Peter says, I'm on right after Warren, and Jan's not here yet. Mike assures him and says, she'll be here. Your mom has gone to the gym to get her. Peter says, my stomach sure feels funny. Mike laughs and says, you got butterflies. Peter says, mine feel more like bats. Mike adds, well, you wanted to be in show business. Doesn't make any sense. Like, has he never been nervous before? Like he's like, my stomach feels funny. I don't know what this is. This is weird. I'm scared, Daddy. You know, it would have been funny if you just threw up all over the place. Like, you got butterflies. I don't think that. Oh, and he just threw up all over Mike. That would have been awesome. Um, I don't see any butterflies. But did you notice the establishing shot was the exact same one they used in the last episode? Mm-mm. Like with the no. boy pulling the bicycle out and everything, it was the exact same. <laughs> no, I didn't notice. <laughs> Hmm. All right, scene 15. We immediately cut to Jan in the nurse's office at school, and she has her foot propped up on a chair with an ace bandage around it, and she's talking on the phone. Jan says, hi, Cindy. It's Jan. <laughs> Apparently, Sandy, Cindy is really bad at telling who people are. <laughs> she, must have, she must have like really screwed that up. So he walks into her room. Hi, Cindy. Who the fuck are you? It's me. Marsha. Oh, oh, my, right. You're the old. You're the <laughs> oldest. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who was that downstairs? That was Dad. Oh, Why does everybody you know. treat me stupid? Because I have a a lisp. Oh my God. Who are you? I'm Alice. <laughs> I am the housekeeper. I'm like oh. <laughs> anyway, she goes. Hi, Cindy. It's Jan. Is Mom and Dad there? Cindy says no. They're at the school. Jan goes on. I'm in the nurse's office. I twisted my ankle in gym class. Cindy sincerely says that she's sorry to hear that. Jan says, well, I guess I'll call to the auditorium and tell dad I can't help Peter. Cindy says, but if you don't help him, he won't win. 
Jan says, oh, I'm sorry, but how can I do it on one foot? Bye. And then she just hangs up. <laughs> Cindy says goodbye and slowly hangs up the phone. Cindy seems to be genuinely concerned for Peter. That's One the- thing I'm a little confused about is where the fuck is Carol? Like, how long is it taking her? Because Mike already said she's at the gym right. picking up Jan. Like, they're about to go on. She, I assume she's already with Jan right, and right, right. literally walking that way. But yet, Jan's been in the nurse's office since school's been going on. Well, plus, where'd they find that shitty school nurse from? I mean, you got a girl in the office. Okay, you've had first aid training. One of the first things you should do with a sprain is put ice on it. They She wrapped it up successfully. She should have ice on yeah. it. She doesn't have ice on it. So what is a nurse doing when she has literally one student in her office that just sprained her ankle? She's filing paperwork in a filing cabinet. What the hell is she doing? I don't know. Like, why are you doing receptionist There's jobs much you when can you, have do. A, you have a child in your office that has a sprained ankle and you're filing papers? Like, what the? Really? Well, she's already got it wrapped in a bandage and propped up. What else can you do? Put ice on it like Besides, you're supposed to? Maybe there's already, maybe she already did that. I don't know. She's like, I know you need ice, but I have some papers that's been stacked up that I really need to file, so I'll be right back. <laughs> like, really? Like, where the hell did they find this lady from? Well, usually they're, like, it's just the nurse, and, you know, it's not like she has assistants and, like, you know, yeah, but How much reception is going on in that school where she has all this paperwork mm-hmm. to file <laughs> when she has a patient in her office? Where is Carol? <laughs> I still haven't figured it out. She's somewhere in between the auditorium and the school somewhere. And she's still like, and Jan's even calling, where the fuck are they? Right. Like, where, and Jan doesn't seem to know where her parents are. Well, maybe we'll like, find out in the next. They're at the, next the school. <laughs> she doesn't know that they're already at the school. His audition is right now. I know. She, they probably, the left hand probably don't know what the right hand's doing. Probably like, I don't know where she is. Hmm. <clears throat> Scene 16. Back at the tryouts, Warren is continuing to play the accordion. The judges do not look amused. Mm. Backstage, Mike is on the phone with Jan. Jan tells him about her foot. Mike says not to worry about it and to stay off. <laughs> Daddy, I spray Michael. <laughs> now, now, don't worry about it. Okay. Whatever that now. Mike says not to worry about it and to stay off the foot. Jan agrees and they hang up. Peter well, says, where's your mother? <laughs> Peter says, oh, great. There goes my act. Mike reminds him that it's not her fault. Peter agrees and apologizes for his comment. Mike reminds Peter and says, you worked very hard for this tryout. There's no reason why you can't go out there and perform this by yourself. Peter says, well, I guess I can do one or two tricks. But who's going who, who's going to get into the disappearing cabinet? That's the highlight of the whole act. Mike says, well, leave that out and do the best you can. Peter says, right now I wish I could disappear. Mm. Before mm. Carol suggested that he was going to do this by himself anyways. What's the problem? <laughs> True. Like how True. awesome would it be if he appeared from the disappearing cabinet and then left mm. from the disappearing cabinet? Right. Anyways, like, why can't Mike just come out and just help him? Right. Or why can't he get, wait for it, an assistant from the audience? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you have to know the tricks. Well, you know. Some of them, but if it's just handing them stuff. <clears throat> Meanwhile, yeah. Warren is still performing and the judges are completely bored with his performance. 
He finally he was finished. doing like the same like he was just doing a loop of like the same or his music melody terms over and vamp. over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the correct music. Anyway, go ahead. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's definitely no weirdo. He finally finishes <laughs> up, and they call Peter out to the stage. Peter walks out and says, "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The first trick I'd like to do, you'd really like." Only I can't do it because I don't have my assistant. <laughs> so passive aggressive. Leave that part out. <laughs> the judges <laughs> just look at each other, all judgy like. Peter goes on, but I have a really great trick with a rope, a rabbit, and a canary. Only Ooh. I can't do that either without uh, my assistant. Uh, the judges are becoming impatient now. Peter continues, and I can't do my best trick of all. The disappearing lady. I'm really sorry I can't do it for you. You'd have really liked that one. But I'll have to do some of my other tricks. Because like I said, I don't have my assistant. <laughs> I really expected the judge to go, because you don't have your assistant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I thought for sure. <laughs> Just then Alice shows up with Cindy backstage. Just in the nick of time. Of mm. course, Alice is dressed up as if it's snowing in L.A. <laughs> If you notice that, like she has this huge overcoat on again in LA. Cindy overhears so Peter. Consistent weather. What's that? It's very inconsistent weather in LA. I guess. Cindy overhears Peter saying he doesn't have his assistant and then smiles and says, Yes, you do, Peter. Peter looks over and oh. spots Cindy all dressed up in, in assistant garb. Backstage, Mike asks her if she's positive she wants to do it. Cindy says she's positive. She says she's still a little scared, but positive. Cindy walks out onto the stage and joins Peter. Cindy says, I'm ready, Peter the Great. (laughs) You can make me disappear now. Peter thanks her and introduces her. Peter goes on, and now the highlight of my act. The trick that will amaze you. Peter then checks with Cindy to see if she's ready. Cindy agrees. Cindy steps into the cabinet and Peter shuts the curtain. Peter says, and now I say the magic words. Abracadabra, disappear. Peter opens the curtains and Cindy has disappeared. (gasps) No. Yeah, no shit. The judges all clap. Peter then shuts the curtain and says, and now I say the magic words. Abracadabra, return from beyond. Peter yeah. opens a curtain, and Cindy's yeah. reappeared. Oh, thank God. Right? The judges all clap. Peter leans in and checks on Cindy one last time to see how she's doing. She says, let's do it again. Peter says, sure, that's what the judges would like. No, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if it's all right with you, my assistant wants to do the trick again. The judges clap and say it's all right. So Peter, no shit, does the trick again. Because, <laughs> you know, that's there's none other he could have done. Now that his assistant I, is there. Did you did you watch Cindy through that trick? Like when he closes the curtain, she like closes her eyes like, oh God. And yeah. then like she disappears and then she does it again like, huh, oh, I'm back. Think like it's real magic. You know, like well, she's like, not stepping out of the back. Now that his assistant is finally there, he decides to do the trick again. He had just got done telling about all these amazing tricks that he can't do because yeah. the assistant isn't there. You're going to love these tricks, but now that my assistant's back, I kind of want to do the same trick twice. 
<laughs> sure. Yeah, that's much better than doing tricks that you said we'd love. Right. Uh, scene 17, the final one. The final scene. The final one. It's the Mike final. Mike comes walking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mike comes walking through the front door from work, and Carol runs out to greet him. She kisses him, and Mike holds out his hand and says, For you. Carol looks down and doesn't see anything. Just then, Mike does a flip of his hand and produces flowers for right, right out of thin air. Incredible. Carol screams and calls him a witch and runs upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought it was no, funny she... because Mike Mike was like, for you! And then he like slaps her across the face with flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. It was an accident, but he totally like just completely slaps her across the face with the flowers. It was amazing. It's the Brady Bunch version of the Santa Anna slapper. Exactly. The Santa Anna slapper. Go ahead and tell the ladies and gentlemen what Santa Anna slapper is that. If you go on Facebook and you search Santa Anna Clapper, damn it, I keep calling Clapper, Santa Anna Slapper, which by the way, are you noticing, are you still getting these notifications I get notifications at least probably once a week that some, some person least. has looked at the site. Yeah. I don't know how or why or for what I, The reason, only reason we made the site is because we wanted to claim it. We wanted yeah. proof that we're the ones that came up with it. <laughs> yeah. So... But it wasn't it you that you had a dream about it, right? Yeah, but you're the one that said it in the dream. So, <laughs> <laughs> Santa Anna Slapper. Do you want me to tell everybody what it is, is real quick? Well, finish the scene. Finish the scene. We'll talk about it later. Okay, let's finish the scene. Okay. <clears throat> so, anyway, he pulls flowers out of thin air. Incredible. Mike then says, <laughs> Mike says, Say, you know that mink you were hinting about for our last anniversary? Carol says, yeah. Mike says, I have another flower. And pulls out another uh-huh. set of flowers and whaps her in the face. As he pulls out more magic flowers out of his sleeve, Carol awkwardly giggles and says, oh, Mike, that's a terrible joke to play on me. And begins to hit him with the magic flowers. And Mike runs off giggling. Oh, man. Man. And that's the end so, of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> So back to, real quickly to the Santa Ana slapper. Yes. So I had this dream one time. Well, first of all, let me just preface this by saying, you know, those things where it's like, I can't think of another example. Like a but dirty it's like Sanchez. a sex thing. <clears throat> Thank you. Dirty Sanchez, like yeah. a sex thing. And this is something that Jimmy had a dream about. Right. And in my dream, Tat comes up to me and he's like, he goes, hey, have you heard about this new thing called the Santa Ana slapper? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, and he's like, are you seriously? I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, okay. So you get a girl licking your butthole. <laughs> and then you fart in her face. But turn around so quickly that you slap her in the cheek with your penis. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've I've never heard of that before. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's the greatest. Like, All right, whatever. <laughs> so when greatest. I woke up, I'm thinking there's no, and oh, and in the dream, you would explain to me. I was like, why is it called a Santana slapper? You're like, you know, like Santana wins. The Santana wins, you know, you, you know, because the fart. And then you, you know, you slap her. <laughs> so it's the Santana slapper. I've never, like, I've never heard that ever. <laughs> okay. So I, I wake up and I'm thinking, I can't think of where I heard this from. It's like I had to have heard it from somewhere. There's no way I can make this up in my dream. So I Google it and I can't find it anywhere. I can't find any reference of the Santana Slapper. 
So I'm like, <laughs> so I call you and I'm like, when did you tell me about the Santa Ana slapper? And you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard of that before. I'm like, I couldn't have made this up. There's no way I've made this up. And you're like, and I explained it to you and you're cracking up. You're like, I've never heard of that before. So to show that we <laughs> came up with it first, we made a Facebook page called the Santa yeah. Ana slapper. So yeah. feel free and to we check get it people out. Looking at it, we get notifications several times a week, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. About people looking at it. Um, yep. And uh, so... Check out the Facebook page, uh, like it, follow it. <laughs> I mean, whatever. If you're offended by it, blame Tack because he's the one that told me about it in a dream. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we. I just, I didn't want to. Like, I came up with a joke a long time ago. Like, he who farts in <clears> church <throat> sitting zone. No, that's not it. No, he who goes to bed with itchy butt wakes up with smelly fingers. Yeah, and I've heard people say that, and I've seen it on like the internet before. I'm like, that's mine. I came up with that. So I didn't want that same thing. I didn't want to be watching like a movie or something, be like the Santa Ana slapper. <laughs> I'm like, that's mine. Like I, that's <laughs> I did that. So we made a Facebook page. We got so a way I can prove. We that got a patent on it. That's right. <clears throat> you ain't lying. All right. So I do have a couple of written reviews to read. Uh oh. These always make me nervous. The first one is just an add-on. It's an update onto an older one. Oh, nice. Good. Um, if you remember Backwoods Bitch, you remember Backwoods Bitch? I do. I remember the name. Yeah. She's she's the one that said she was all for the, quote, locker room antics. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, wanted yeah. us to keep it going. Okay. Well, she added on to her last review saying, but where did you go? This is when we were missing for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this podcast, but it's been pretty sporadic for a while. Now, nothing. Let us know if they're, if you're no longer doing this. I'll be bummed out, but at least I can stop obviously. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I can stop obsessively checking for a new show. And you know, I, I, it, I can't speak for tech, but for me, in all honesty, it's that review that kind of made me try that little bit harder to make sure we record every week. Like being completely honest like that. It was that, that kind of stung a little bit and kind of, you know, because we have had stuff happening in our own life. You know, like I keep saying, I started a new job, tech started a new job and you know, our schedules clash now. So when tax at work, I'm at home and vice versa and, um, or we're at work at the same time, but you know, stuff doesn't work out at home or whatever. Um, but honestly it was this review that kind of made me try just a little bit harder to get us recording every week. Yeah. And the next one is, I don't know. I feel like I may have read this one before, but I'm not sure. The name is Bachet Snot. Sound familiar. It's one word. I don't know. No. But it was just saying, what's going on? Both of these are five stars, by the way. Nice. What's going on? Uh, no new episode in over three weeks. Are you guys okay? Love the show. Oh, wow. It's nice so, that they asked if we're okay. <clears throat> yeah. Because typically- so we are like, back now. Because, I mean, we are like real people and we have real jobs. <laughs> um, and that's not <laughs> a complaint. That's not me saying it sarcastically. That's just me exp- explaining. Um and with my job, you know, I get home about 530, you know, I have a four-year-old that's super happy to see me and I got to, you know, spend time and hang out with him. And by the time <laughs> dinner and everything's done, it's time for me to go to sleep because I have to be at work early. Yeah. So, um, and then on weekends, tech works. So it's just been hard to, to line our schedules up, but we're going to try that a little bit harder because it's not fair. It's yeah. not record. I feel like we're slowly so, dialing it in. We are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so we do apologize. So 
Um, and we, we are going to try harder and it's, it's these reviews that's making us try harder. So for sure. Definitely. The reviews help. It's nice to get emails from people every once in a while too. So it's, it's nice to hit get up, emails. Hit us up. It's nice to get emails kicking us, uh, kicking us in the ass once in a while. Be like, Hey guys, come on. Like, you know, yeah. If you want to hit us up, it's a uh, very Brady podcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if you don't like it, whatever. Just say hi. There's also Facebook. If it's easier, you can just find the Facebook thing and message us through there. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Do you want to read what's happening on the next episode? Sure. Next episode is season two, episode 21, The Winner. Bobby feels like a failure because he's the only Brady child without a trophy. He looks for a way to get one for himself. And a televised ice cream eating contest could be the answer. Ooh, I think I remember this one. Heck yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm excited. Heck yeah. Also, they may have some homework. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Sure, go check out the website at verybradypodcast.com. Feel, and, if, you, uh, if you feel up to it, do a rate and review on Apple's podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell two friends about the show. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show. Join one of the Facebook groups. Join in the on the conversation. Have some fun. Post some things. It's a very Brady uh, Facebook group or a very Brady podcast. Both are pages on Facebook. And if you want to, you can follow us on Facebook. That way, if we if if there's ever a time where we can't record. Most of the time, we'll put a video out on Facebook saying so. Um, or some sort of post about it. Right, right. Yeah. right. So, yeah. Fun, fun. Ooh. You want to do our normal disclaimer? Oh, that's right. Uh, yes. Our disclaimer, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We're not racist. We are not sexist. Um, we do love the show. We put a lot of work into this podcast. I know it may not sound like it, but we're. But that's another thing is we're, we're trying harder with the reading. We're trying harder with the... <laughs> you know, taking our time and, and rehearsing a little bit. So uh, hopefully it shows, um, but we do love the show. We wouldn't put so much work into it if we didn't. So mm-hmm. uh, if you are a diehard fan of the show, uh, you know, this is us just kind of making fun of it and poking fun. Of this is, we're not doing anything. The, mo- the, the parody movies didn't do. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I have been tech and I have been Jimmy. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. All right. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. 
And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.